Good morning, Vibrant Church. Come on, we can do better than that at 11 a.m. Good morning, Vibrant Church. Good yeah, I felt like we were getting a little bit, like we were going in a little bit during worship. We felt some, some good stuff going on in the room. Are you thankful to be in the house today? All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, um, just wanna introduce myself. If we haven't met before, my name is Josiah. I serve on pastoral staff here at Vibrant Church as the next generation pastor. I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak to you today. You know, all of us, anytime we have the opportunity to speak from this platform, um, and Pastor Ethan gives us this opportunity, we, we understand the weight uh, and the responsibility of what it takes. And just so thankful, just wanna just even speak about Pastor Ethan and honor him for a moment. So thankful for his voice in this season and what God is doing in Vibrant Church, and he's got such a unique sound. If you just wanted to just help celebrate Pastor Ethan and Lena and their family, I believe that God has called them to Columbus, Mississippi for such a time as this, and it's my honor just to have an opportunity that he gave me to preach to you today, to speak to you. I'm thankful to run alongside Pastor Ethan, and I'm thankful uh, for his voice in my life. He has such a profound impact. I know many of you have been touched by his messages and by his care as a pastor, so thankful for the opportunity. Uh, the other day, well, it would have been about a week ago, I was out doing some yard work, and if you know Mississippi, which I'm, I'm learning because I'm an Ohio boy, and by the way, this morning, let me just say this, this morning, I know it was cold for some of you, but it was just perfect for us Ohioans. <laughs> I got out, like, Spring <laughs> felt amazing. It just felt perfect to me. And some of you were, you're like, I just wanna stay in bed and I just wanna commend you for at least making it here today at 11 a.m. You made it out, so give yourself a round of applause today. You made it out, it may be cold, but I just wanna let you know this ain't nothing in Ohio, all right? I'm proud of you all. We're very proud of you for being here. But this, uh, this past week I was in my yard and cleaning up sticks and and I, I didn't realize that before the grass even grows in Mississippi, you're gonna get these like big weed plants that just start like, and I, I started to think like someone was just playing tricks on me, was planting stuff in the front of my yard. These big tall weeds start springing up. So I'm mowing over them and, and, and here's been the bane of my existence. I'm just gonna just be honest with you today is there's this little tree in the front of my yard that serves no purpose. No purpose whatsoever. In fact, I will say this, because when I, when I mow the lawn, I love to have the rows edged. I like to have everything neat. I don't even like having to go around something. I want it like, mm, mm. And then I wanna crisscross it the next week. Like that's, that's how I like my yard, okay? And this tree has always gotten in the way. So I had this idea, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna uproot this tree. It's small enough, it's gonna be fine. Like I'm gonna get it out of the way and I'm gonna be able to have those perfect edged lines. It's gonna be great. So I go over this tree and you know, I, I go to the gym so I don't think there's gonna be any issues. Any issues, right? I go with this tree. I look behind me, wanna make sure my wife is looking just so she knows what a strong man she married. <laughs> look back. I reach down for the tree and I yank. Doesn't even budge. And I'm like, you know what, I just didn't get enough leg strength on it. Just didn't, like, uh, oh, 
nothing happens. And what ended up happening was what should have been, in my mind, a five-minute project turned into a 40-minute project because the roots of this little annoying tree went down so deep and so wide, I had to cut about four feet around this little tree and cut every root individually, get a little saw blade in there and cut every root in order to get it out. That's how strong this tree was. And that brings me to what I want to talk to us about today is roots and fruit. Somebody say roots and fruit. We're gonna be talking about roots and fruit today, the importance of getting Planted. To give you some context of this scripture I'm about to read to you, we all know this. Jesus talks about, I am the true vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing, being rooted in the vine. But in John 15, verse eight, we pick up, and Jesus says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Whether you're online or in the room today, I wanna let everyone know that God's desire and his plan for you is that you would bear much fruit. Somebody say much fruit. His plan and his purpose for you is that you would have healthy fruit spring forth out of your life. And I think any one of us, whether you're online or in this room, would say, I want that fruit. I want some of that fruit. You see on other people's lives, you see it manifested in in other families, you see other marriages, you're like, man, give me some of that fruit. Give me some of what that is. And you know, I wanna bring us to a thought. One thing I've observed over the years is this. As a pastor and, and in the church world, some stay to feed the soil and some come just to take the fruit. There's some people that they want all the benefits of the tree, the fruit, but if they're honest, if even sometimes we're honest with ourselves, when you work the soil, it's not easy. But that's what it takes to produce healthy fruit. We have to start with the root. We have to start with the root before we get to the fruit. You see where I'm going with this? We have to start with that, but oftentimes, again, we want, we want to grab the fruit, and if we're not careful, I just wanna just go on a little bit of a tangent for a moment. We can become spiritual moochers that we're just like, hey, let me just get a little bit of this. Let me just get a little bit of this. And really what's happening is we don't realize that somewhere along the line, somebody tended to this plant, somebody watered this plant, somebody fed this plant, somebody worked with it, somebody tilled the soil, and you and I are beneficiaries of somebody working the root. And it's our responsibility as Christ followers to tend to the root so we get good fruit. You follow me today? To tend to the roots of our life. If you want the fruit of the Spirit, tend to the root. If you want the goodness of God, if you want... Love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, we don't like that, self-control. If you want those kinds of fruits, you have to develop your spiritual roots. That's what I wanna talk about today. And here's where 
I think we get caught up, is we love the fruit, the benefits of the fruit, all those things, but you may ask yourself, well, where do I start? Where do I start? And I would say you have to start somewhere. There's actually, I, I took a couple years of Latin, I always joke around because I didn't remember any of it other than a few little phrases that sound smart, okay? But they're not, because Latin's very, it's much easier than any other language. It's a dead language, so no one cares. But the root word of root in Latin is radix, which means starting point. R-A-D-I-X, radix, starting point. So we start with right here. You, you cannot get, let me run, follow me, here, without, are you ready? Here. You cannot experience the fruit and the benefits of life without saying, look, God, let me just take what you've given me, let me work it, let, let me apply life to it, God, let me, let me allow you to do what only you can do in it, but here, here's the danger, here's the danger, is we don't like, naturally as human beings, we do not like the process it takes to get from roots to fruit. It's tough, right? It's tough. Have you ever done something worthwhile in life and said it wasn't tough to get there? I, I haven't. It, it takes work and intentionality but here's, here's the danger of what can happen is when things do not go your way, my way, we have a tendency as human beings and as even Christians to uproot. To say, okay, listen, it's not working here. It's not working here. Let me just go here. Let me just take what I have and my soil and my roots, and let me just try to plant them over here. Because I'm not getting the results I want over here. I'm not growing fast enough. I'm not developing quick enough. I'm not experiencing enough blessing. And we get impatient and we uproot. We uproot our roots. Let me just give you a few things that I think help people and aid in their uprooting. People will get offense. Offense will creep in and before too long, whereas you started out in marriage and you're just like, I love you, Pookie Bear. I love you, Smooky. I love you too. You're like, you, you start out that and before too long, you're like, I can't stand how he chooses cereal. <laughs> My gosh, I'm gonna, I am going to kill him. You start out with be like, all right, let's tend to the plant, let's, let's do it. And, and before too long, everything gets on your nerves. Uh, why didn't you have dinner ready? Hey, why did you talk cross to me? Why did you do that? And before too long, we just start saying like, I wonder if, I wonder if. It sounds a little crazy, but everything starts with the root. I, I wonder if someone else would appreciate me more. I wonder if somebody else would, would attend to my needs more. I wonder if, and, and here's another thing, people uproot themselves by the danger of unmet expectations. Can I get an amen, somebody? You come in and you think it's gonna go one way and it goes a different way and you're just like, ha, see ya. 
bye-bye, bye Felicia. You get to a point where you don't even realize what you've done, because here's the thing, your stinky attitude is still going with you, and your problems are still going with you, because look at this, the root's still there, the soil's still there, so you may be like, I'm transplanting, and I'm gonna get to something better. You ain't getting to anything better because your trouble's following you. It's following you. Your issues are following you. And it kind of just encourage you today at 11.37 a.m., don't be so quick to transplant when God says, listen, if you'll just stay rooted, if you'll stay planted. I, I, you know, I think about people in my life. I, I, I'm so thankful that there's people in my life, my, my grandparents taught and pastored an old little country church in Mount Vernon, Ohio. And my dad was a worship pastor for 25 plus years. And when I look at that, I'm like, I'm so thankful they kept watering that root. Because I benefit from that. They may not have even realized it from the time, but, but they never knew. My grandmother knew, because man, that one was prophetic. They may not have known that their grandson would be a pastor someday. But the spiritual roots that they dug deep, I benefit from. What are some other things that maybe uproot us? I, I think this is a strong one because I see this happen in church all the time, comparison. And we've all struggled with comparison. If you say you haven't, you're a liar. You lie. In the house of God, and Pastor Ethan's watching online right now and he heard you. We all struggle with comparison. And what happens when someone comes along they're more talented than you? What happens when somebody, oh, and here's how the enemy works, and I'm gonna move on, but I just, I, I want us to just grasp this thought. Here's how the enemy works. He'll start telling you little things to uproot. He'll say, no one notices you. You see how that person gets all the praise? You see how that person gets all the glory? Listen, if you were just like, if you were just to uproot and go someplace that appreciated you, if you were just to go to another job, if, if you were just to figure out a new relationship, if you were just about, you know what I'm saying? Like over time, the enemy will get in your head and he'll say, listen, it's a good idea. You should, you should transplant. There's a, there's a, uh, a term I heard. Uh, my wife is pretty much the only green thumb in our family and it was trial and error because she killed every plant when we first got married, and I'm so thankful that she's tending to the root now. <laughs> so thankful. But there's a term, I thought, because there's times where Whitney would take one plant and put it into another environment, and the plant would die. And there's a term called transplant shock. Transplant shock. Look it up. Transplant shock where essentially when you try to take a plant out of an environment that is conducive to it, that is healthy for it, that is good, and you put it into an environment that you think is good, and then you find out that the environment rejects it, that's what happens. It, it rejects the root. It can never fully germinate and take root. And that's what happens in our life, is we think the grass is greener on the other side. There's a rule. Okay, let me just give you, just, just married couples for a second and those in, a, in relationships, healthy relationships. 
Just because that person looks good doesn't mean they're good for you. And here's another fact too. There's a thing called an 80-20 rule that my wife can never be everything for me. She's my 80. And the problem is, is we sometimes jump and we think that person is an 80. They're a 20. And we didn't realize you had an 80 all along. Roots before fruit. Investing in your family. Investing in your world. Healthy fruit is never an accident. It's never an accident. Everyone wants fruit, but few start with the root. Uprooting is easy, but, but weakens, whereas staying rooted is tough, but strengthens. I just wanna help you today with this. It's so easy, because life will present you with opportunities to uproot yourself. In every facet of life, it will present you with opportunities. Offense will come your way, bitterness will come your way, unforgiveness can come your way, uh, unmet expectations like we, like we talked about. And before too long, you're so content with uprooting. I have seen people, just in full transparency, uproot time and time and time again. I talked to somebody recently, and this is the, don't ever say this to a pastor. This is the biggest red flag to a pastor is they said, hey, listen, we were at our old church and they didn't feed us. So we then went to another church and it really didn't work out well there either. So now we're here. How's it gonna be any different? Because you're still bringing the same soil, the same root that you think it's about you. When honestly, if you are here to say, listen, wherever God plants me and my family, let my roots grow deep. Let me put soil over that. Let me pray over that. Let me stay rooted. And when the storms of life come, I'm not gonna uproot. Because by the way, every day is an opportunity to uproot. Every moment in life, you can experience an argument with your spouse, opportunity. You can experience a, 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 a misplaced step at work, or you can feel like, I, I, I wish I got that job. I, I wish I got that promotion, and you move on instead of working the soil you're in. I wanna talk about uprooting. When we talk about this idea, I believe God is calling us as a church, as Christians, to develop resilience in the root. Resilience in the root. Somebody say resilience. To be resilient and steadfast. According to scripture, there's actually some key areas that we are called to be deeply rooted in in order to flourish. You may say, well, where do I start? I'm gonna give you three things today. First is rooted in love. Somebody say love. Rooted in love. My foundational roots of my life as a Christian, as a believer, start right Rooted in love. I'm gonna bring you to a scripture that talks just about this. Ephesians 3:17. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. This is Paul talking. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That sounds good, doesn't it? it sounds really good, but it's not easy. Because here's the aspect of it. It says, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. So let me just give you a visual image. 
In order for Christ to abide in my life, in my heart, in my world, it's not just one thing. To, it's, it's, it's easy enough to be like, okay, God, I give you one portion of my house. I give you one room, one aspect. But when he says abide and take root, what he's getting to is like, unless you allow God to permeate every aspect of your life, of your world, of your home, you will never experience the benefit of being rooted in love. That's what Paul's addressing here. The fact that when I, when I allow God into my life, it's so easy to slam doors and be like, you can go in the living room, but you cannot go into the kitchen. Or, or you can go into this room, but you can't go into this room. And we, we create access points for God the whole while wondering why our life is not taking root, and that's part of the issue. To say, God, give me full, he wants your full heart, every part of you. God, I give you full access. And here's what, here's what I think is people uproot, we just talked about it, people uproot because they aren't comfortable with full access. They aren't comfortable with leaving all the doors open. And, and that's not easy. I'm not talking like someone who's mastered this in any aspect of the way, but I do know the difference between open doors and shut doors. And I do know we have a God that, you know, that scripture talks about that he opens doors and no man can't, and he shuts doors. There's also an aspect to that too, that sometimes if you have a closed door, God's gonna find a way to open that door but it may be a lot different than way, the way you want it to. Whereas I can start preemptively and say, God, I open the door. I open the door. I open the door. I allow you in my life. I allow your love. And, and, and the truth of the matter is this. It's so hard for us to understand God's love because we don't really even know how to love ourselves. We don't always know how to love ourselves rightly, so therefore how can we love other people and understand the love of God? Scripture says that we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So it starts with understanding the love of God, allowing the love of God to permeate my life, to saturate my life so that I can go out and I can love others and be the hands and feet of Jesus. But until I allow the root of love to take place, the Bible talks about you can have all these things, you can make a lot of noise, you could do a lot of things for God, but if you don't have love, you're just making noise. You can do all kinds of things, you can serve, you can give your best, you can do all these things, but unless you have the love of Christ, unless you're doing it out of his love, you're just making noise. I never wanna make just noise. I wanna make impact. I, I, I want, when, when, I, when, I, when I go into a room, I wanna think, how can I bring value to this room? How can I add value? How can I help somebody in need? And by the way, that's not just the job of a pastor. That's your job. That's your command. That we're to go into all the world, preaching the good news, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are called to love people. It starts with being rooted in love. Next is rooted in the word. Somebody say the word. The word. I love God's Word. There is nothing like it. Best-selling book of all time. It is, it is special, it is transformative every time. I mean, you can read it and man, it reads you. It is like, woo! Sometimes you read it, it's like, goodness, I gotta work on the root. 
but being rooted in the word. Psalms 1-1 says this, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, his word, and on his word, the law, he meditates day and night. And because of this, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Can I just preach to somebody today that you may get discouraged because you're reading God's word and you're like, I don't see anything happening. But it talks about in this scripture that in due season, you will reap a harvest. You may not even realize that every time you open up his word and you need encouragement, and listen, I'm benefit, benefiting, I promise you, 10 years down the road from things I, I read 10 years ago. I, I've seen fruit in my life, in my family, because of things that I adhered to in God's word years ago. And we're seeing that, but it starts with being rooted in the word of God. I, my, my oldest daughter, she's nine years old, Isley, she's brilliant, so much more brilliant than I am. Thank God for her mother. Thank God for Whitney. And she started to ask me, and this is the, this is the power of roots. Are you ready for this? She started to ask me, it would have been about a month ago, Dad, would you start reading through the New Testament with me at night? This is a nine-year-old. And I'm like, and I hide my tears, I'm like, I'd love to. Dad, are you okay? I'm fine, I'm okay. There's a speck in my eye. And we, we read God's word together and she sits up in her bed and I'm not joking, I didn't ask her to do this, but she pulls out a notebook and she starts to write notes and thoughts while I'm reading the scripture. It's the power of God's word. It's the power of God's word that I speak it over her life. Uh, last night, she was, she was dealing with some nightmares and some issues. She comes in, we pray over her, I pray Timothy over her. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Boom. She could go right back to sleep. That's the power of God's word. And here's, here's my concern is, just to speak plainly, we get our wisdom and our counsel sometimes from everything but the word. Everything but the word. We go on Facebook and we get a little blurt and we're like, mmm, I'm full. Yummy. Or we go on Instagram and we hear a five minute clip of a preacher and we think that's enough to get by. And it's not. Let me just encourage you today. If you're not getting in the word of God, listen, it feeds you. Give us this day our daily bread. This is daily bread, not weekly bread, not monthly bread, not bi-monthly bread. This is daily sustenance for you and I in order to, to live the life we're supposed to live. We're called to be rooted in the word, and the danger of not being rooted in the word is you start to take truth from every other area. Truth, subjective truth. And you start to listen to things like, hey, that's your truth, and that's my truth, and truth is subjective, and you just do you and I'll do me, boo-boo. And, and the danger of that is, is we have a lot of people that aren't seated in the word of God, but they're like, listen, I heard something on Facebook, and let me tell you, Pastor Josiah, I wanna tell you something. 
unless it's out of the word of God, it has no business giving you counsel. Unless it is rooted in scripture, unless it's rooted in the Bible, I'm like, no, 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 no. We, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Me and my family, we're gonna set ourselves upon the word of God. And I have to allow it to take root in my heart. And some days it's easy, and I'm getting ready to wrap up, and some days it's not. But either way, it is effective. And it does change my life. And let me just give you a practical application before I move on. If you just say, Pastor Josiah, I do not know where to start in God's word to allow it to take root. Let me just give you just a very simple acronym to adhere to. Somebody say SOAP. One more time, say SOAP. If someone needs SOAP, say SOAP. I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. Okay, so SOAP, you start with scripture. Start with scripture. What, what scripture are you reading? Start somewhere. I, I would start in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All right, start the uh, Book of Wisdom, Proverbs. Uh, Psalms is unbelievable. Start somewhere. Just start somewhere today. So you start with scripture. Then you, next, you go to O, observation. What's my observation of this scripture? And then you go to application. This is the tough part, but it's the necessary part. And I would encourage you, write down your observation and then write down your application. How am I gonna apply this today in my life? And then finally, pray over it. Because prayer just, man, it does, it does wonders. It, it, it affects your life in such a powerful way. Allow it to be rooted deep in prayer. Pray over your life. God's not giving me a spirit of fear. Pray it over your life. Allow it to take root Final rooted part is this, rooted in the church. Somebody say the church. My kids, I love my girls, and I talk about them a lot because they just give me so many ideas. You can't help it as a pastor. Your kids are always inspiring you with thoughts. And the other night, I had this idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I don't normally cook, so let this just say we're starting off on the wrong foot here. I'm gonna cook a a tri-tip roast and I'm gonna do this dry rub on it, and it's gonna be so good, and I start working on this, and I just think like it's the best ever, and I hear the, the fridge door open, and I see Isley in the fridge, and Isley tends to be a snacker, she's our oldest, tends to snack all the time, almost to the point it gets aggravating. Like, what are you doing? Like, hey, if you could just appreciate what I'm giving you, Instead of being like, hey, a thanks dad would go somewhere. Like, hey, why don't you say thanks before you pull out that cheese string or before you do something like that. She gets in the fridge and I'm thinking like, okay, we got dinner coming on and I kind of held my breath and I thought in that moment because I'm, I'm processing the week's message and I thought, man, isn't that like the church? That like my kids, my kids benefit from the blessings that are in my house because they are planted in my house. My my kids are the beneficiaries of those blessings. Uh, You know, they are able to, they are able to receive those things and not even have to think twice about it. They go into the fridge, if they need a blanket, they grab a blanket, if they turn on the TV, they turn on the TV, maybe. But there's a freedom in that because they know that mom and dad have provided for them. And I just thought about the parallels with the church. Isn't that just like the amazing part of what God's great church is like? That when we come in here, you don't even realize the benefits sometimes that you're getting. 
But you may be like, you come in here and I see families, there's a few families in this room. It started with one or two, and now there's a whole family here. Uh, there, there's people in this room that you, you, you have seen what happens when you plant yourself in the house of God. We have an unbelievable kids ministry that is bursting out of the seams right now. Well, we have great worship, and Pastor Ethan's one of the best preachers I've heard, and that's not an exaggeration. He's an unbelievable communicator. So thankful to have him. These are benefits of the house. Benefits of the house. And, and you can come in, and sometimes we can take those for granted, but the benefits are still the benefits. It's the blessing of God's house. I love Psalms 92. It says this, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those are planted in God's house. How does that apply to me is I wanna plant myself in the house of God. I wanna put myself and my family in a place that we can flourish. I, I, I wanna allow God to do something new. And let me just even think about this and turn it towards Vibrant Church. I'm so thankful that we have a church that we are reaping the benefits here in this building of those who stayed planted and no matter what storms came, no matter how many times the devil tried to distract, no matter how many times they were just like, they were discouraged, they just said, no, 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 this is our church. We're not going anywhere. We're gonna stay planted. We're gonna remain faithful. We're gonna keep serving. We're not gonna allow ourselves to get distracted. Satan, do whatever you wanna do, but we're gonna keep on watering. And because of your faithfulness, I'm telling you right now, coming from as an Ohio boy, I'm reaping the benefits of your faithfulness. Because of your faithfulness, we are reaping the harvest. We are seeing it with our own eyes. I'm not trying to make you feel all warm and fuzzy. I'm just trying to get you to understand that when you are rooted, when you are planted, God says, I can work with that. I, I can do something with that. I uh, just talked in the lobby to a wonderful lady, many of you would know her by the name of Ann Garley. And her husband Richard just recently passed away. Unbelievable man. Always encouraging, always just, always just, I mean, constantly he'd come up to me like, that was a good word, babe. He was just like so like just fun, like it's a, hey, how you doing, man? And he'd always get down on Mississippi State. We'd talk Mississippi State, and he'd be like, yeah, you can't help them. He's like, man, he's like, they'll break your heart, babe. I'm like, oh, you're breaking my heart. But I, but I think about people like Richard, and Richard didn't maybe always realize what was happening when he was working that lobby. And when he was encouraging people left and right, he never met a stranger. Richard, what you were doing is you were getting people planted in the church. What you were doing is you were watering. And him and Ann, I talked to them my first two weeks here. What kept you here through all the turmoil, through all the stress, through all the frustration, all the things that this church had to go through? What kept you planted? It, they responded with simply this, this is our church. This is our church. And we love our church. And we just said, we. We just made up our minds. We said, we're not going anywhere. No matter what storms they come, this is our church and we are planted in our church. So thankful for that. I actually wanna ask 
a few of our pastors to come up and join me on stage, Pastor Tyson, Pastor Aaron. Can you give it up for these wonderful looking men? There's a, there's a tree, how many of you have ever heard of a redwood tree? Ever seen a redwood tree? Largest tree on the planet, heaviest tree, biggest width. I mean, they are huge. If you ever go to, out to California, you have to see a redwood tree. It makes you feel so small, so insignificant. It, but there's a very profound thing about the root system of a redwood tree. I thought to myself, like, how in the world does this tree, with all of its girth, all of its height, all of its weight, how does it sustain itself when storms come? And it's actually got this, this interlocking mechanism with its roots. And instead of just going deep, its roots actually go wide. You'll see a picture screen behind me. And they start to attach themselves to each other. So, so here, I'm gonna have you guys come. Pastor Tyson to my right. Pastor Aaron to my left. And man, this, let me just tell you right now, this is the church that... We think, sometimes we try to do it on our own and we try to manage our lives on our own, but this is why, another reason why you need the church. That when something comes up against me and the storms of life start to toss me and try to blow the tree down, hey listen, you're not just messing with me, you're messing with Pastor Aaron, and you're not just messing with Pastor Aaron, you're messing with Pastor Tyson. And listen, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for those in my life that no matter what storms came, they stood in the gap for me, and they said, listen, we will lock arms with you. You're not going anywhere. Continue to serve. Continue to come to church. Some of you are here in this room because someone locked arms with you. Listen, these men don't even know. Let me just even just brag on that. They don't even know at times where they've encouraged me, encouraged me when wind's blowing through my life. When they've encouraged me, just a simple word, hey, PJ, I'm praying for you today. Probably didn't even think anything of it, but locking roots. We're in this together. So listen, you can, you can try to take out Pastor Tyson, but if you try to take out him, you gotta deal with me. And you can try to take out Pastor Aaron, you gotta deal with me first. And that's the power of the church. That when we move forward, we move forward together. When we move forward, we move forward in synchronization. We don't allow, you guys are good, you're really good at that. I feel like they could carry me, they're, they're so much taller than I am. That's the power of the church. Thank you guys so much, give it up for them. As I get ready to close, I just want, there's a final picture on the screen, we, we went to Israel just a few months ago, and it was the most profound, impacting trip of my life. Uh, it's the dream of almost every pastor to go to Israel. Like, it's just kinda like one of those things, like, you just gotta go, you gotta make the trip. And I was so blessed to do it at, at an early age, so very grateful that Pastor Ethan gave us the opportunity to go. Myself, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Ethan went. And we were in Nazareth, which every site you go to, you're just like, I mean, as a pastor, you're like writing notes and then you're like, okay, I gotta focus. And then, I mean, you're just, it's like sensory overload because all the scriptures come alive in such a profound way. And we're in Nazareth and there was this grove of olive trees. 
grove of olive trees. And what's really interesting is I look at this one olive tree and I ask our guide, I say, hey, listen, it, why would you plant another olive tree so close to this one? I don't understand that. He looks at me and he responds. He said, that's actually not a new plant. That is actually born from the root system of the olive tree. And what we don't realize is we look at this and we think, and pertaining to our own lives, that maybe when I'm rooted and planted, maybe it just doesn't, it's not gonna be effective. It's not gonna make a difference. And I just wanna encourage you today that when you stay planted, there's going to be new growth in your family that you're going to see new life spring forth. Maybe some of you, your marriage, and by the way, some of these olive trees are thousands of years old. And I, I thought about this, how many other olive trees came from one olive tree? Think about that, because once it's grown up, they actually take that olive tree and they transplant it to something else. So think about over thousands of years. You may not realize the ripple effect that being rooted and planted has in your life, but I'm here to encourage you today that God is going to germinate it. He's going to allow it to flourish. You're going to see generation after generation reap the benefits of you being rooted and planted. Generations, generations. I love that song that says blessing from generation in your family and then your children's family and their children. And that's the power of what happens when we plant ourselves firmly in love, in God's word, and in his church. Can I just take a moment and pray with you today? I wanna encourage you with this last point, planted pe pe people prosper. Planted people prosper. That maybe you haven't seen much growth, but my challenge and my encouragement to you today would be maybe today's the day that you plant yourself. Maybe today's the day where you stay rooted. And I promise you, God will, he'll do so much with that. He'll, He'll grow it exponentially. He'll add water to that. He'll anoint it. He'll allow it to, to affect future generations, but it starts with you. What's your responsibility today? Even those of you online today, you're like, it could never, could never start with me. Some of you may, may completely change your family's direction because of one decision you make today. One decision. Samuel be planted. And no matter what, wind you can blow, storms you can rage, life can get crazy, life can get hectic, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I, I will stay and remain planted. Can we just stand to our feet today? I told Pastor Tyson and the team, I said, listen, I'd love to 
just take a brief moment as we close. And many in this room, if we're honest with ourselves, we are here because God has been so faithful to us. It's been so good. It's been so faithful. And, and, and we have seen fruit because when we stayed planted, God was just faithful just to keep pouring on us, keep working with us despite ourselves. Can I get an amen? And I thought about this song. All my life you have been faithful. Come on, if you know it. All my life you have been so, so good. From every breath that I am able, I will sing, I will sing of the goodness. Mom, if that's you today, you just wanna let him know how faithful he is. Just raise your hands in the air. All my life you have been faithful. All my life, all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am made, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Come on, one more time. Just with everything you have in this room, all my life. All my life you have been saved. All my life you have been All my life you have been so, so Father, we thank you for your goodness in this room. We thank you that you have been faithful time and time again. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are so good to us, so good in our lives. And I pray for every person here. And if you just say, I want to develop deeper roots, just place your hand on your heart this morning. Lord, if, if there's people in this room that they just want deeper roots, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the root of their lives, of their heart, Lord. Minister to them, Lord. Anoint the root. Create resilience in the root. God, I pray over marriages. If there's marriages that are getting ready to uproot, Father, help them not to be hasty. Help them to stay planted. If there's people that are getting discouraged, help them to stay rooted in you, Lord, to be encouraged by your word. Help them to be, uh, be rooted in love today. Father, if there's people in this room that they're struggling with depression and they're getting ready to make a mistake, Father, I pray that you would speak to the root of their heart heart as only you can. God, do a work in the root. Do a work in the soil, Lord, and we will give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 And finally, in this room, if, 
None of this makes a difference unless you know the true vine, unless you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In fact, in John, he says that apart from me, you can't bear fruit. There is no fruit. But maybe you would say today, I want that kind of fruit in my life. I just wanna say a simple prayer with you before we end. If that's you in this room, and I'm gonna ask everyone to join me, let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Speak to the root of my life. I want the fruit. I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I need a savior. So come into my life, make me whole, and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give it up for Jesus in this place today?